Thursday, July 7th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor Jason Moser, from Inside Value Joe Mager, and from Motley Fool Hidden Gems Charlie Travers. Guys, it is our 100th episode. It is a big day. So, seriously, like, bring your A game. Let's not disappoint. We don't look a day over 99. Exactly. Are we going into syndication after this? Uh, This is about as syndicated as this thing's going to get. Okay. All righty. Facebook fires a shot across the bow of Google, but we will begin with the Oracle of Omaha. Warren Buffett did an hour-long interview on CNBC's Squawk Box this morning and made a few headlines in the process. He warned politicians not to play Russian roulette with the debt ceiling, and he said that the U.S. tax system needs a massive overhaul. So, guys, I'm going to spot you up with a a few different topics that he touched on, get your reactions, and let's just start with uh, sticking with taxes. He said that uh, we should get patriotic corporations to prepay taxes to help avoid a default. Prepaying taxes, Charlie, what do you think? Boo. <laughs> You're not a fan of this idea? No. Uh, first off, it's you know not a matter in this country for corporations to be a tool of public policy. Uh, that's what you would expect in places like Venezuela or China. Uh, you mean s- other than like Fannie and Freddie? Well, yeah, they're kind of quasi-governmental. Yeah. And that worked I'm out I'm talking well. real quasi. businesses. Yeah. Um, the second matter is it was my patriotic duty to go to the Treasury website and see what the real number are and the country is currently spending about 115 billion a month more than it takes in. Uh, so corporations who only account for about 10 percent of the federal revenue in the first place couldn't even make a dent in that. And to his credit, he said this would only be a one or two day stopgap. Berkshire could prepay three billion dollars, uh, which for those who are doing the math is about one day of a shortfall. Uh, so it just doesn't add up. Uh, let's move on to housing, where he said, looking at mortgage terms you can get now, I would buy a house in a minute and get a 30-year loan. Uh, putting aside the fact that uh, Warren Buffett is, I think, 80, um, and what a 30-year loan would be for- What for, a chump lender <laughs> would be to make that. Uh, Joe, what do you think of that? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I do think, well, I'm kind of in the stage of, I'm looking for a house around here, and I've been thinking a lot. A lot about the math. And I totally agree. If you can lock in the kind of rates we've got right now over that time horizon, I mean, that's just absurd. I'd take the longest, longest duration loan I could possibly get um, with the caveat that housing prices could definitely take a tumble, not to state the obvious, um, especially, you know, if you're taking like an FHA loan or something like that and you're putting three and a half percent down, market falls five percent, you got punched in the face pretty hard right there. Jason, what do you think? I mean, I guess initially looking through all this stuff, I was kind of surprised at the fact that I wasn't really surprised at anything. But then when I reread his comments on housing, it struck me that they were a little bit blasé. I mean, yeah, if I had a job and was in a certain part of the country and I was looking for a house, I would buy a house, too. Um, Didn't you do that? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, my <laughs> wife and I are homeowners. and I mean, we have a job and we, you know, are are able to do that. But I mean, having having, you know, had experience going through the process, I mean, Buying a house today is not quite like it was five, six, seven, even ten years ago. I mean, it's exponentially more difficult to to get financing. Uh, you you cannot, in most cases, get away with putting down two, three, four percent on a house. They're demanding yep. ten uh, to twenty percent for the riskier credit records, and most people don't have that kind of money put aside anyway, re- regardless of whether they have a job. Unemployment's still high. I, I just it seemed to me to be sort of, uh, you know, blasé comment. Rich man detached from the working man. More or less. That way. More or less. You know, that was what I thought. Well, and I mean, you know, uh, and I think you touched on this. I mean, he, technically, he's correct. Mortgage terms 
uh, are, are low. And if you're just looking at that one metric, uh, then yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Right, but but, but he, he would never buy a business looking at just one metric or, or one number. He would look at the uh, at the whole picture. And as you're saying, when you look at the whole picture, there are a lot more factors that go into buying a house than just what are the mortgage rates right well, now. Well, in fairness, he's not just looking at that one metric. I mean, he's looking at the big picture of housing's fallen. And if you're able to lock in this rate over that time horizon... Uh, you're saving yourself a tremendous amount. Like a hundred basis point change on a mortgage is a huge difference on what you're able to borrow. You are saving a lot, but I mean, it's also so. I mean, you look at like when when my mom and dad bought a house back in the you know late '70s, early '80s, when they were paying 14, 15 percent on those uh, loans. And I mean, today you're looking at anywhere from four to five percent, even on these long term thirty year mortgages. I'm not so certain that we're going to be seeing those rates bumping up in in really the near term. I mean, it kind of takes you back to 1980 to 82 when, you know, Volcker bumped those rates up and kind of sent it back right into a recession again. They're going to be really careful, I think, this time not to bump those rates up too quickly because unemployment's still so rampant. Speaking of unemployment, that was another topic that he touched on. He said he has a bet with uh, Peter Orzag, who's an economist and uh, former White House budget director. And the bet is that Buffett says unemployment will be below 8% in the next year. Let's just go around the table. Who who are you siding with on that, Buffett or Peter Orzag? Charlie, I'll start with you. I was skeptical at first, but I am going to side with Buffett on this one. And the reason is I went to the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics website. As you can tell, I'm a really fun guy. All I do is go to government <laughs> website. I was going to say, uh, you are the guy to give the guided tour of federal government yeah. websites. And, and so to get down to 8% from where we're at at 9, you'd need to add about 150,000 jobs a month. And that is very doable with the numbers we've been seeing lately. Yeah, I think I'm going to play contrarian here to Charlie, and I'm going to go with Orzog. My concern there is that a lot of people who've sort of dropped out of, of the workforce and aren't looking for jobs and they aren't factored into that unemployment, unemployment number today, uh, as, as employment starts bouncing back – you know, those people are going to get back into looking for more jobs, yep. and it's going to artificially kind of keep that unemployment rate a little bit higher than than you know we we'd like it to see. So I I like where he's going there. I think it's going to take a little bit more than a year to get it below eight percent. Though correct you, you're not just making a bet against Charlie Travers, like desk jockey economist. You're making a bet against Warren Buffett, greatest investor <laughs> of all time, the ultimate contrarian. <laughs> Joe, I'm going to go with greatest investor of all time, and Charlie, I'm obsessed with government data, Travers. <laughs> Any particular reason? Or, or is it just Charlie winning you over? Well, I think they both make a pretty compelling case. I mean, I could definitely see us falling short for sure, but it seems like we're working our way there. What do you suppose they bet? How much do like, you bet? It was a dollar. Yeah, it's going to be like that dollar. trading It was places. very Duke and Duke. <laughs> Spalding and Winthorpe. A dollar? On Wednesday, Facebook announced it is integrating Skype video chat into its social network, enabling users to chat one-on-one with their Facebook friends. This comes... Joe, in the heels of Google Plus and the launch last week, and Google Plus has their own uh, video chat integrated in that. You've you've checked out both. Yeah. What do you think of this move by Facebook? Well, I think it's a good move, and it's a nice feature. I think that the way they presented it definitely came off as defensive, and it was defensive. Uh, I actually watched the presentation with Zuckerberg yesterday, and you could tell that they're already repositioning the business and how they define success. So when they talked about the number of active users they have, they mentioned, oh, yeah, we crossed 750 million, but we didn't announce it because it's not a big deal. We're really more interested in the social graph number of interactions. 
they're doing that so that when Google Plus starts taking on a boatload more active people in the next couple of years or coming months or whatnot, they're going to be able to say, well, that's not what we measure. And they're trying to <laughs> redefine how they look at success. So now that they're no longer growing quite as quickly, it's we don't think growth is the way to go. Yeah, well, they've clearly been talking to investment bankers <laughs> because that's that's how you do it. Zuckerberg, in his announcement, said that there are more things to come. He, he referred to it as, we're in launching season. Um, and the exact quote was, over the next coming weeks and months, we just have a lot of fun stuff to roll out. Um, putting aside how childish I think that makes him sound, um, <laughs> wh- what do you think is on the horizon for Facebook? And, and in terms of products, what should they be launching that potentially leads to uh, a greater revenue stream? Yeah. Sure. Uh, one thing I'm very interested in watching is that Facebook has been showing uh, UFC events. Uh, for people who may not know, that's mixed martial arts. And it's one of the fastest growing sports in the country. And what Facebook does is show some of the preliminary fights before the pay-per-view. So the main card will show like five of the biggest bouts, but fans of the UFC who want to see some fights for free can go to Facebook. And I think broadcasting sports events, uh, you know, concerts, that kind of stuff could be a a big moneymaker for Facebook in the future and put them in direct competition with cable channels. Are you a UFC fan? I love it. All right. Jason, what do you think? Yeah, I like actually what Charlie was saying there, because if you hearken back to the day when Facebook made the announcement that they were going to be offering Batman, um, or the Dark Knight it was, I yeah, guess, yeah. and they, yeah. so they were kind of getting into that streaming movie sort of uh, realm, and, and the you know news was maybe they would you know develop some kind of a competition with Netflix. I mean, I think that you know to see face or to see Facebook kind of go more in that entertainment uh, arena where they're you know providing more content for viewers. I mean, it, it kind of ultimately leads me to wonder if at some point I'm just waiting for Facebook to have its own total operating system. So instead of Google Android, you're going to be on you know Facebook twenty four. Well, they're working on it. Yeah. That's the buzz. So they're working on their own OS, um, basically trying to rework Android into a Facebook. Style skin, but I think they're a little behind the curve on that. And you know, in the immediate future, you're going to have a lot of Google Plus functionality built into all these Android phones. So Facebook's pretty behind the curve on that. Uh, but I agree with the idea of more streaming video. That definitely would be a good one. Um, then again, you know, they better start beating Google Plus to the punch on a lot of this stuff because Google will definitely integrate a lot of YouTube functionality into Google Plus in short order. Um, we sort of glossed over the big number, which is they have set over 750 million users. When you think of groups that have 750 million members, that's a pretty short list. That's, that's China. That's um, India. Google gets a billion different unique visits a month, different visitors. Really? Yeah. I don't know. The, I mean, I get what you're saying. And Joe, we talked about this last week. I know you really like Google+. Plus. Have, and have I managed to convey that? You, may, you have managed yeah. to convey that. But uh, Facebook's got a hell of a lead in terms of membership. And look at it this way, too, because I was talking to Mac about this earlier. When you look at China, you brought up China as an example. of a, It's a nation of, what, about a 1.3 billion people. Yeah. And their inter- internet penetration rate right now is about 33%. So there are about 450 million or so people right now in China who are, who are using the internet. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that they're all... Uh, you know, connectable. But at some point, you know, that penetration rate's going to grow. I got to wonder with Facebook's uh, relationship with Microsoft, uh, Microsoft's relationship with Baidu, if there's not going to be some kind of a connecting of the dots here to give Facebook that opportunity to get into China in some way, because that's still a huge market. And that's where you could see some significant growth to add to that 750 million people. Joe, you get the final word. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly possible. But (laughs) I would just as much say the Google Plus would 
have the likelihood of succeeding in its home market where they already have an entrenched relationship and user base. All right. Joe Mager. Hey, you know what? I'm going to, before you go, oh, okay. so this is your hun- it's your 100th episode. I like to think of it as our 100th episode. Hours, yeah. any, any thoughts on how it's gone? Any favorite moments? Uh, any favorite moments? You know, I think my favorite development, looking back at the uh, 100 episodes that we've done of Market Foolery, my favorite development has been the outtakes. Has been the and for for long time listeners, long time listeners, going back all the way back to January when we started, people who listen every day know that every once in a while, if you if you listen all the way through the end of the credits, through the music, every once in a while, our, our producer Matt Greer will just include a little a little. Nugget, a little nugget there, an outtake, uh, a, a sort of behind-the-scenes moment, uh, and every once in a while, some rampant profanity, usually from the guys on the first floor. Because let's face it, the asset management guys—they're <laughs> they're a lonely bunch down there. They're a lonely bunch and uh, and profane at that. All right, Jason Moser, Joe Mager, Charlie Travers, guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Be sure to check out Motley Fool Money this weekend. Carl Quintanilla, one of the co-hosts of CNBC's Squawk Box, is our guest. That's Motley Fool Money on iTunes, online, and on radio stations across America. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Have you ever seen like competitive sheep herding with the border collies? You know, you think that's have overrated? I ever? Are you really asking uh, maybe, me if I've ever uh, seen underrated. competitive? I don't know. I, it's I, amazing. Have how, you ever little, seen? how little do you have going on in your life <laughs> <laughs> that you're watching competitive? Well, we the summer, the summer that I lived in England, he's just wishing he look. Had it's a better than dog. watching darts on TV.